Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 236. John and Wendy talk to Bob Ficken. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you today, John? Wendy, I am well. Interesting recording time because it's not our typical <laughs> evenings. That is a good thing, though. We always yes. like to shake it up a little bit. Also excited that we are still well in the month of September and that our yeah. great pals over at Namely are sponsoring this episode. Yes. Thank you, Namely. Thank you, Namely. We've already gotten your end user <laughs> seal of approval with Namely. And so we're going to remind yeah. folks that Wendy is a, a not only are they a sponsor, she's now a customer and has been very pleased yeah. with her experience. Speaking of pleasing Very much experiences, so. Wendy, yeah. we've been really, really fortunate over the last four and a half plus years, hit some real milestones. Recently, we released our 300th total episode. Isn't that crazy? It really is. The average podcast lasts 10, so yep. we're 30 times the average, right? <laughs> My people math numbers. We yeah. really, we're really proud of that. We're also yeah. very proud that we're going to hit another major milestone in the next bit of time. I'd say by the time this episode's out, within a few weeks, we will mm-hmm. have 150,000 total downloads on the podcast. Whoa, that's a lot of downloads. That's a lot of downloads. It is. It is. I mean, and it's awesome. We've talked a lot over the years about the countries, the the states, the mm-hmm. just the, the numbers of people. And when you think about it, I know it's not 150,000 unique people. However, right. it's astounding <laughs> to think that 150,000 times somewhere in the world, be it right next door or literally on the other side of the globe, Mm -hmm. somebody has hit play, download something, streamed the show. And Mm -hmm. first off, we're incredibly appreciative of everybody. As always, we're incredibly appreciative of that. It's not Pledge Drive Month, but if you're listening to this, help us get to that 150. Yeah. Share this episode with Bob or with your favorite episode of late, whatever episode it is, share it. Always gets a few more listens. We're going to hit that number. I, you know, as things have been lately, I'm not sure about a giveaway, but maybe we might do something. I don't know. I'm, I'm still kicking it around. Non-committal at this point. <laughs> but help us in the meantime. Be yes. sure to share, spread the good word. Wendy, I don't know about you. Yeah. I, I figured, as we've jokingly said before, 50 episodes, I figured 150 downloads, not add three zero. Right. On that. That's just right. amazing. Yeah, no. For sure, for sure, and and I think too, I, I would I would encourage folks to do is find your favorite episode from the past four and a half years and share that. Um, which which one was your favorite? You know, maybe that's where we come in with the pledge drive, and somebody picks out something from that. Well, maybe not the first few where we weren't quite into our groove yet. <laughs> I don't know. I think those early episodes hold up fairly well. They do. I remember when, and some of you may remember, we actually practiced before we ever got on here and and hit hit record officially. I did an interview one time with the folks at Podbean, previous sponsor and great people, been our podcast host since the beginning. I did an interview with them and I told them that we practiced. They were blown away. They're like, we've never heard of anybody doing that. I'm like, well, I want it to be good from the beginning. Right. Not not that we haven't built and we've been incredibly fortunate to build not only our relationship and how we work together, but there's all kinds of history now and bananas and ice cream and stuff (laughs) that who would have thought then? We have inside jokes. There are inside jokes to this show, busted luggage in the whole nine yards. (laughs) Thank you all again for helping us get there. Yes, thank you, everybody. We will be there, if not by the time this show comes out, very, very soon. Spread the word. We will appreciate that. For sure. I'm excited about today's guest. We've gotten to know Bob over the last bit of time 
on Twitter. We had a chance to visit lately and enjoyed our conversation very much. No people are going to be excited that don't know Bob to get to know him a little bit here. Wendy, let's make the introduction and get started. Yes, super excited to welcome Bob to the show. Bob has 31 years of HR experience, is both SPHR and SHRM SCP certified. He has created and operated three businesses and has been a university professor for 25 years. He has two grown children and lives and works in Northern Idaho. Well, Bob, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you with us. Uh, First question always, what is in your glass? Today, I'm still on coffee. (laughs) That is okay because it is early where you are and we totally understand that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are are, are we going to talk about John's commitment issues? How so? His commitment to coffee? No, his commitment to uh, whether or not to have uh, some sort of a prize or giveaway. Oh, We'll get after him for that, for sure. We have given away a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I have personally received some of it. We will figure something out. So much appreciate you taking part with us. And just like we ask what's in your glass, I also have to ask, how exactly did you get your start in human resources? Uh, What happened was I actually started when I was a much younger version of myself in law enforcement. I was a deputy sheriff and a police officer detective uh, for a city in East Bay in California. And my last job there was recruiting and training police officers, which kind of exposed me to HR. I began to learn about it, went back to school, uh, got my bachelor's, my master's, and made the move. Primarily, I was motivated by a chance to uh, spend more time with my kids, because unlike television, when you're in law enforcement and you're a detective and you're working a case, you don't stop chasing clues until the clues end. So I missed every birthday, every holiday, and things like that. So... When I made the move into HR, my kids were as grateful as I was. You are the second person I know that left law enforcement to get into this industry. The first person was the first guy who ever hired me, had been a sheriff in the town where we worked. And I hate to say this, but it was funny at the time. He had arrested about half the people that had worked for us. (laughs) 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 Because it was a small town. We were a staffing company. You know, some of those folks, unfortunately, had long-term issues, but I'll never forget when he hired me, I told me he had been a sheriff and it became a running joke over the many months I worked for him, you know, who he had arrested that would come through the door to get their paychecks and things. I'm sure that your background in law enforcement and investigation, I can't imagine what that was like then investigating employee issues. Well, I, yeah, I think there's a couple of things that carried over much to my surprise, I'll admit. Um, but one is, the ability to communicate with all walks of life, so to speak, because, you know, you might be talking to a homeless person in one minute law enforcement and the mayor the next, you know, and everybody in between. So you learn how to communicate with all levels of society. And the other part would be that I had over 500 hours of investigative training, which have definitely helped my HR career. Well, and now you work in aviation with Kodiak Aircraft. What particular challenges are you seeing from an HR perspective? And um, does your location post challenges? Yeah, that's a good question, Wendy. Yeah, absolutely it does. Um, We face high housing prices, which prevent quite a few people from being able to work for us unless they're going to commute a great distance. We did start a shuttle program uh, that allows us to send a shuttle every morning to Spokane and one to Preach River. And I won't go into any detail because a lot of people don't know what I'm talking about. But um, what happens is we send the shuttles out, it picks employees up, brings them in and it takes them back after work. And that has helped us to expand our recruiting reach. Uh, Because in the town of Sandpoint where we're at, we have a predominantly retired population. 
you know, so it's hard to find talent. So definitely housing is an issue and then just finding qualified folks. You know, we have made changes in our benefits and in our compensation to try to recruit more effectively. And that's helped to some degree, but we still have a limited audience. So we're having to reach out further and further all the time. I'm assuming that aviation, like many other industries, people may not necessarily look at that as a career or understand the opportunities unless they're an engineer or somebody like that. Is that an accurate statement? Is it one of those things where people just don't know what they don't know? I think that's absolutely true, John. Um, I mean, I myself didn't know anything about aviation other than my own personal exploring. You know, I didn't know how planes were made or any of that kind of thing. But, you know, I was tickled. Um, This late in my career, my priority was to work in a place that I enjoyed and where I wanted to be. Uh, So I wasn't looking for the Fortune 100 company anymore or to be the CHRO. I was quite content just to be in Sandpoint, Idaho, which is beautiful. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I wake up every day in this gorgeous country. You know, one of the the aviation, I won't say it's recession proof, but, you know, I know I know I talked a little bit with uh, John and we make two different planes and they're all handmade. Wow. And there aren't a lot of, you know, modes of transportation that are handmade anymore, whether it's cars or, or anything. Uh, so we, we hand make every one of them. Uh, in fact, we have our production line signs the inside of the airplane. Wow. So that they know they're always going to be part of it. And they built that one. Um, but our airplanes, our Kodiak 100, has been the Ford of the aviation industry for many years. It's used by first responders in world calamities like earthquakes and all things like that, because they can land in a thousand feet or less, take off in a thousand feet or less. And they can do it on grass, sand, rock, doesn't matter. So uh, it comes in pretty handy for getting to the scenes of emergency. Uh, and also uh, it's used by firefighters to drop fire retardant and quite a few other uses. And then we just came out with our new plane, the Kodiak 900, which flies at an amazing 210, 215 knots, uh, which is very fast for a workhorse plane and uh, getting good reviews. So it's been fun. I've learned a lot about it. And no, I have not got my pilot's license yet. <laughs> You'll have to connect with uh, with the Kate Bischoff. She is working on her helicopter pilot license right now. So you know, good for her. Uh, I will say that much. <laughs> you mentioned a little bit about the issues in terms of location and now finding different ways to identify talent and get them here when it comes to shuttling and what have you. As you've been out there and you talk to other HR professionals, talk to your network and your community, what do you think is the biggest issue that we're going to see as HR pros over the next year? And how are you preparing for those? I think for the next year or two in the short term, uh, the, I think the issue is going to be trying to get ahead of our needs by working directly with uh, community colleges and universities that have aviation programs. And that would be true of any industry. You know, if you're, if you're in customer service or if you're in sales or retail or whatever, You know, it's to our advantage to go all the way into the high schools, even, you know, to try to find people that have an interest in that and then provide the path to them so they can apply for us. Uh, We're working on internships right now with North Idaho College where uh, using a grant from the state, we can actually uh, train people to be aviation interns and all that. And then exchange for I think it's 18 months of service. We'll pick up all the costs. You know, and I think that's something that everyone can take a look at. You just have to get earlier into the high school seniors and all that. 
you say high school, when I was working for a public utility, one of our competitors at that time was recruiting at the middle school level. This is now 15, almost 20 years ago. They were getting them then because the idea was, hey, you can't necessarily afford to go to college. You don't want to go to college. Your parents may not be supporting of you go to college. Here's a career path. As you get into high school and start getting your fundamental education that you would need to be successful here, start thinking about those things. I thought it was genius. And people used to Mm -hmm. tell me I was crazy. And I said, these people are so far ahead. And guess what? To the best of my knowledge, they never had a problem with a pipeline. I don't, you know, I don't know about now. It's been a few, many years since I've dealt with them, but you'd see they, that was just an incredibly inventive way to start early and plant those seeds. Mm-hmm. Because again, just like aviation, power lines, people don't think about it. It's just there. Healthcare, they, you know, they kind of have some exposure with nurses and what have you, but it's one of those things where it just kind of happens. So I think it's great to hear that you, that you are tapping that market like you are. Yeah, I guess I think a lot of it obviously comes down to the student because I don't know what you were like in uh, high school, Wendy or John, but if you'd have come up to me when I was a sophomore or junior and talked to me about a career path, I'd have sent you on your way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wanted to be a music major. Like I knew what I wanted to do. I did it. Of course, now here I am, but it's funny. I was very focused at that point. I knew what I was going to do. I'm a frustrated lead guitar player myself. Let's talk more about students because you've been teaching for a very long time. So how did you first get started and um, how do you believe it's helped you as a practitioner? How I first got started was uh, I was uh, going in to teach a couple of administrative justice courses, which just made sense because I had the law enforcement background. And from there, it grew over time to where primarily for the last 15 years, I've taught leadership courses like uh, organizational behavior, entrepreneurship leadership development, chaos of organizations, you know, things like that. But because uh, I, I do teach a lot of HR things, too. I teach like compensation and benefits and health and safety and that kind of thing. Although my advice to anyone that wants to have an HR career is to get your MBA. <laughs> you know, because as we all know, the better you understand the business, the better job you do in HR. For sure. And uh, my master's was in organizational management, which was close, but an MBA would have been better when I look back and reflect. Mm. You know, you can learn HR a lot easier than you can learn operations. That That is true. I don't agree with that. I'll tell you about something that uh, I've done with my students is I challenge my students, and I would, I would say this to any of my fellow HR peers out there, is to take one day a year and only one day a year where you only can say yes to yourself. And here's what I mean by that. 98% of the adults in the United States dream or think of having their own business. That's almost everybody. Less than 2% will ever do it. And the reason why is because our subconscious minds are very good at saying no to ourselves. (laughs) You know, as you start to have your great idea, your subconscious mind automatically kicks in. Well, you don't have the experience. You don't have the money. You can't possibly succeed at that. What, you're going to give up your job? So we, we never even start. What I mean by one day a year is on that day, you can only say yes. So you have your good idea. And instead of letting your subconscious mind take over, what you do is you I, you think about your dream career or dream business, whatever it is, and you identify three action steps you can take towards that. And you take step one that day. And it's amazing what can happen. After all this time that I've been teaching, my students have created 768 new businesses. Oh, Wow. That's amazing. And I, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. You know? I love it. 
Speaking of saying yes, Bob, at some point you said yes to attending an HR social hour chat. That's how we connected with you and started seeing <laughs> seeing what you were putting out there when it came to Twitter. How did you first find out about us? And then what's kept you coming back? Oh, sure. Uh, by the way, my favorite episode was uh, Dr. Melanie Peacock. <laughs> uh, so the way I got started in it, and I'm sure I should know, but I don't know. I'll just admit that full front and center is one day I opened up my Twitter account and all of a sudden I had a separate tab that said HR peers. Don't know how it happened, but it was great. Going through my HR peers, HR social hours, one of the first things I saw, your podcast. And I, then I started attending and participating. And I don't think there's a single episode you guys have had where I didn't learn something. And being committed to lifelong learning like I am, that's I really enjoy that. You know, the fact that I can tune in have a good time, listen to my peers, listen to how other people are solving problems. Why create the wheel from scratch? So I've, I've had a good experience. I enjoy listening to you guys. I try to recommend it to everybody. And uh, does that get me enough stickers? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I, I love that you have joined us and I love what you add to the chat and, um, and, and all of the different pieces and parts. So I'm glad that we're finally getting you on the show for sure. As you know, as a listener, we have out started outsourcing some of our work and we've asked our guests for questions to ask future guests. So former guest Aura Marie Hewitt asks, what's one thing you've learned in the last several months and how are you sharing that new knowledge with others? Sure. The one thing I've learned in the last few months has been uh, the anticipated or projected impact of artificial intelligence and visual reality on the world of human resources. In fact, the world of business at all. It's going to have a huge impact. We're only beginning to see the results of that, uh, where different segments of industry are beginning to embrace and use artificial intelligence. I think it's going to completely change how we do things in HR. It's certainly going to change how we do things in education. We might not even need physical classrooms anymore because we can create any kind of classroom we want. I love it. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by Namely. Running HR for a mid-sized business means you hire, onboard, process payroll, keep up with regulations, resolve conflict, organize company events, the list goes on. You need software that can keep up with all you do so you can focus on keeping your employees happy and engaged. You need Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that makes life easier for your employees, your management, and you. Namely's HR platform covers your essential HR and compliance needs all in one place, from onboarding and payroll to time tracking, benefits, employee engagement, and so much more. Whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, Namely's all-in-one integrated platform is designed to be used by everyone every day. Namely, rolled out their latest feature, Continuous Feedback, where you can encourage and engage employees by giving feedback on an ongoing basis. Break away from traditional point-in-time review cycles and make feedback part of the day-to-day employee experience. We want you to build a better workplace with Namely, so we've arranged a special offer for listeners. Right now, get a free month of unlimited access to Namely's all-in-one HR platform by visiting namely.com slash hrsocialhour. Thanks again to Namely for sponsoring the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast. And now, back to the show. And we are back, Bob. It is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection. So what career did you dream of having when you were a child? From the time I was five years old, I wanted to be one of the good guys and be a police officer. Make my community safe and 
take care of everybody, be there for everybody when we were needed. You know, it's just really wanted to be one of the good guys. I think it's safe to say, Bob, you were the first person we've had that actually had the job you had of dreamed of as a kid. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody else that no, has done I can't either. in the abstract. I can't think of anybody that has, that yeah. has done that. I'll tell you, for the first 10 years I was in law enforcement, I loved every bit of it. Being able to help people in need and to step into the middle of chaos and, and bring some serenity to it. I think it was a wonderful experience, you know, and it's it's not always life-saving. Sometimes you might be getting a homeless person a room for the night so mm-hmm. they can stay warm or, you know, helping someone who just had something stolen from them and trying to track it down and find it and, you know, things like that. I think one of the things that it did for me is that I got more involved in the community. I ended up serving, for example, on the Social Concerns Committee, the Downtown Redevelopment Committee, the Growth Rate Review Committee, which kind of got me exposure with uh, local government and all that. And I've always kind of enjoyed that. Uh, in fact, I am uh, served on the Planning Commission in Danville when I was there. I think those are good additions to my HR career in that, on one hand, you're always recruiting. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> in fact, one of the things I do is I take the back of the business cards, which nobody uses, and I have printed on them for everybody how to apply for a job with us. Oh, nice. <laughs> You know, so that you can hand them out and people know exactly how to apply. Yeah, I think when you do all those things and you can feel good about giving back, it allows you to give more to your job and to be more focused on your job. You you feel good about what you're doing. And my personal philosophy is that I have to be able to go home every evening and feel like I did the right thing. And I've tried to live by that. Bob, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Well, I hate to be redundant, but it's got to be Steve, right? <laughs> Steve Brown. We get that a lot. He is the number two yeah. fan of the show. Totally understand that. Walking, talking CHRO that knows everybody. And, you know, <laughs> it's great. I love listening to him and reading all of his stuff. Bob, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? The one piece of advice would be to... Once you've developed your sense of right or wrong and your own morality, don't ever let anybody impinge on that. You know, you have to stand up for what you believe. You have to know when to stand up. You have to be willing to stand up, Uh, you know, and sometimes it's little things, you know. Um, Three days ago, uh, I was in a grocery store and a woman was having a really hard time paying for her groceries. You know, her card got declined three or four times. She could didn't have the cash. Well, it was no big deal. It's less than $20, you know, so I covered it for her. To me, that's just doing the right thing, you know? And if you always do the right thing, then you can always feel good about yourself. Bob, we've talked a bit about what you do as far as with teaching and, and helping future HR professionals. How else do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? Well, I think you know, one thing that I do is I try to participate. Uh, I've been a speaker before at uh, some of the Northern California uh, SHRM conferences. I've been a speaker at the National Association of Chain Drug Stores. So I try to do things like that when those opportunities come up. Um, but in addition, I think it's really just being available. You know, I, I've never not taken a call or responded to an email that anybody sent me that's in the HR community. You know, and I think you have to take that time to to pick up the phone or pick up your computer keyboard and, you know, respond and be available. And it's tough to do sometimes, but it's a commitment. And when you're in that stage of your career like I am, I think it's a necessity because 
I really want to give back now. You know, I feel like I've had a lot of help in my career. I told John the other day about a CFO that I had early in my career that saved my career, probably, you know, taught me how to do cost benefit analysis and return on investment calculations and things like that uh, that helped me get my proposals through. Well, you know, after getting help like that, you know, now is my time to give back. Anyone that ever wants to reach out for, out to me, I will respond and I'll help any way I can. Bob, what's your favorite movie? The Sting. Oh, that is a great movie. Robert Redford, Paul Newman. Yeah, goes way back. But great movie. Yes, it is. Great actors. Incredible. I haven't seen that one in a long time. I might have to try to find it. How about your favorite or the most memorable live performance you ever attended? Would have to be uh, Day on the Green, Oakland Coliseum, July 25th, 1977, Leonard Skinner. Mm. I was not, I was 19 years old and hearing Freebird live was the of my life. Yeah. Mm. That would be awesome. Bob, if you could be on any TV show, either as a character or as yourself, what would it be? I would want to be on NCIS if Gibbs comes back. <laughs> it's your story, so he absolutely can. Yeah. We can we can make that happen. Yeah. Big Gibbs, big Gibbs fan. A lot of his uh, rules came into my fathering advice. Ah. Bob, you mentioned a little bit earlier what you do with your students in terms of challenging them to take one day for themselves and say yes. So I want to remove that from this equation. Recently, it was announced it's going to be Bob Ficken Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? We are uh, going for a ride on our collective Harley Davidsons <laughs> to the ballpark, watching an Oakland Athletics baseball game, and then we're going to uh, one of those all-you-can-eat gaucho steakhouses where you can eat to your fill and beyond <laughs> and call it a night. Should I sign you up? Absolutely. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. I'll let my husband do the riding with you. I'm not a motorcycle person, but he is. So, <laughs> Finally, Bob, as you know, we are outsourcing. Um, so if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? If you could change any one thing in your organization with a wave of your magic wand, what would it be and what would you change it to? like it. Bob, it is now in the book. It will be asked very, very soon. Again, I appreciate so much making time for this conversation today. I knew it was going to be interesting and engaging, and it did not disappoint. I appreciate you challenging me. I will try to figure something out for this 150. No, no try, John. Do There you go. Yes, do. yes. I think a little green man said that on a, in a movie one time I saw. <laughs> Again, <laughs> appreciate you sharing, sharing of your experience and your knowledge. I know many of our listeners are probably already connected with you, but for those that are not, what's the best way for me to reach you out there? Uh, at HROD Professor on Twitter, Bob at Bob Ficken, email. We will have that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to reach you out there? Oh, best way is uh, on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, 7 p.m. Eastern time, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, thanks to Namely for sponsoring this episode. Be sure to check out namely.com slash HR social hour. You sign up. First month is free. Vanity tag, folks. Check it out. As for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. 
listen, rate, review, share, and follow, helping us get to that 150K downloads. We appreciate so much. And be sure to share that particular favorite of yours in the next bit of time to help us get there. International listeners, you've been part of that 150K, and we appreciate you so much. We would love Mm -hmm. to talk to you about your work in HR, maybe your previous experience teaching, whatever it is you may do, but it is easier for you to get in touch with us than for us to get in touch with you. So reach out and let's start those conversations. Bob, again, appreciate being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.